0: Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability. And also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications.
1: We are back with another heart rate variability podcast. Welcome, everybody. Appreciate your time listening today. Uh, I am fortunate enough to be uh, on the podcast again with my good friends, Mr. Matt Bennett, Mr. David Hopper. Gentlemen. Happy uh, two days past Valentine's Day. Hope you had uh, a nice holiday with your significant others, family, friends, all of the above. Nothing
0: Happy parties Valentine's like Valentine's Day. Day on a Monday, you know. Yeah, with the first especially, grade teacher. Yeah, uh,
1: especially the Monday after Super Bowl Sunday, where yeah, uh, she
0: stayed yeah. up till six thirty. So I gotta give her hey. credit. Uh, you know. There you go. She came That's home good. in her her Valentine's Day pajamas because it was, uh, yeah, so uh, very romantic uh, when you <laughs> when you got a Monday Valentine's Day with the first grade teacher. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> lots of lots of fun at the Bennett House.
1: That's <laughs> fantastic.
2: How about you, Dave? Well, we we uh, actually did a um, uh, a little family getaway for um, for Valentine's weekend, um, but it was a. Uh, you know the whole family in uh in in a hotel room um so you know two small kids uh there's uh, there's little sleep and um and a whole bunch of uh, craziness but uh but lots of fun so yeah
1: memorable yeah. if nothing yes. else you
0: jeff what was, what was it like at the summer's house
1: oh you know our four-year-old daughter just totally got into it had so much fun at school we instead of doing just a, a daddy mommy date, we did a whole date out with the the four of us. Had a nice dinner. Kids managed pretty well considering um, their first time at a sort of a fancy restaurant. So it was it was fun. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Awesome. And while romance is obviously associated with Valentine's Day, that is not the topic of our podcast today, though maybe it should be another one that would be an interesting thing to dive into. Um,
2: that's HRVs. <laughs>
1: exactly. That's right. Exactly. Um, we want to talk about exercise today. And we've got some uh, unique perspectives, certainly one in particular, Mr. Hopper, that we didn't have in the past when we've spoken about this. I don't know, probably going back 12, 18 months now, Matt. Um, so you know, we really wanted to to bring Dave's experiences as a professional athlete to our audience a little bit, and how HRV is really important in terms of his training. Um, you know how he sort of focuses his regimen around and utilizes HRV as part of that, and then you know Matt and even less so myself uh, in terms of how we're using that for our our sort of um, exercise. Uh, planning and, and routines. So, with that, Dave, I think it would be super helpful for you to kind of give our audience a background in terms of your experience as an athlete, playing, you know, college sports, professional um, fighting, that kind of stuff. Because I think that brings a whole another level of credibility in terms of your experience training. Because you really focused on it at a level that certainly I never did. And and Matt, you know, back in 1875 when he was in college, didn't have the ability to so.
2: 1875. Wow! Wow! <laughs> um, the, well, uh, well, yes, um, you know, I and, I and and to Matt's credit, there too, uh, you know, being a collegiate athlete is uh, is no joke either. Um, you know, it's uh, it's right at right at that level as well. Um, but uh, but you know, I was I was extremely fortunate. Um, you know, in growing up in a family who focused on exercise um, that was, uh, that was my family's every day. Uh, you know, if you, if you didn't get up first thing and exercise, there was something wrong with you. Um, and that was kind of, uh, how, how I grew up seeing the world and, um, and then found out that that was not the actual case for everybody. <laughs> uh, we were in fact the weird people. Um, but, uh, but you know, it was, it was awesome growing up that way. Cause I, I, uh, exercise was my world. We had, a you know, we weren't a, we weren't a very wealthy family by any means, but we had a gym in every house. And that was just my dad's number one priority was that we had to have weightlifting equipment. Um, so I grew up just seeing it every day. Uh, you know, watching him do it, watching my mom do it and, uh, and reading muscle and fitness magazine and all that, uh, which sprung me into, uh, being a personal trainer at a very young age. Um, and, going on from there being a strength and conditioning coach for uh for uh, all different levels of athletes um and uh, and then you know my own career as well um you know obviously the uh the exercise was a, was a big portion and i came up by uh, playing hockey uh boxing and doing all that and then i got the opportunity to uh to go and do that professionally as well uh which was which was really cool uh, being a professional athlete getting paid to exercise uh, which honestly was my dream growing up <laughs> so many
1: young boys dreams right i mean i know yeah, me growing up i was gonna be in the nba man there's no doubt
2: yeah that's uh that's that's the way that's the way man you know if you if you, if you have that strong enough and my, mine wasn't to be a professional athlete mine was to get paid to exercise that is
1: a, that's actually very unique i mean that's yeah that's different there there's no doubt it's not like the fame and the money it's you just love to exercise and you wanted that to be your your livelihood
2: Yeah. So, uh, so that, that is, you know, it has always been my top priority is, uh, you know, um, you know, you can, you can ask my wife, uh, you know, like I said, we, we had a a quick getaway. And my only question was, well, where's the gym? (laughs) 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 Um, uh, but, you know, in doing athletics, um, it was, it was so unfortunate that I didn't know about, uh, heart rate variability, that, uh, that heart rate variability wasn't more of a thing, um, because, man how much that would have helped but myself uh the other athletes that that uh that I would train with um you know knowing when we were when we were burning out when we were peaking uh all those kinds of things that would have helped tremendously and of course nowadays um you know we see that uh we see that it was very popular in athletics to be tracking your HRV to be reacting uh to your HRV um with your with your training routine um and and that's how I use it now as well so um so now, you know, I'm just a, uh, I'm just your, your average old dude,
0: uh, <laughs> uh average old dude. That you talked about your workouts, my friend, uh,
2: <laughs> exactly. But it, yes, I, uh, it, so I, you know, I exercise at least five days, uh, every week with weights. Um, I do jujitsu at least two, if not three days a week. Um, and, uh, and I, I just do uh, everything I can to, co- to involve movement in everything that I do. Um, and HRV is my biggest guide, uh, with that. So, um, so, you know, if we get into some uh, more technical aspects with that, uh, you know, you guys are familiar with the concept of periodization training or have you, I'm okay. Not. No. All right. So, uh, so Periodization training is what most athletes would use, is what most people who are on any kind of weightlifting routine would use, and it's just essentially uh, that your your workout regimen is laid out in such that you know that for this many weeks you're going to be going for this as your goal, and then for this many weeks you're going to be going for this as your goal, to make sure that, you know, um, you peak for a competition, that you uh, peak to be in season, um, you know, or in a a sport like um, like basketball mat that you're peaking to be, uh, you know, for for playoff time, yeah. um, you know, that type of thing. And now it's uh, that I'm peaking for, you know, you want to peak for summer when you're an old guy, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's your focus. Um, so that was predominantly the way that most would uh, the way that most would gear their workouts, and uh, and it still is is very used today. Um, but, uh, but HRV has shown that if you follow your, your HRV, instead of, you know, the best laid out exercise program, uh, that you will always get better results. Um, and, and that is so cool. Uh, just, just by listening to your body. So, um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's what I do and how I use it is I have a global plan laid out, um, for myself, that is, uh, that is a, a year round program. And then I will use my HRV as a means to say, okay, you know, even though today I had a heavy day planned, instead, I'm going to do a modified workout or I'm going to do, um, you know, instead of doing exercises that are going to be less stable, like, uh, like say, for example, if I had, uh, I had a standing military press uh, was going to be one of the exercises for today, and I had a low HRV, I might say, all right, well, I'm not going to ditch that but maybe I'll do it in a stabilized base. So I'm gonna do a, a seated military press instead. Um, that type of stuff, uh, you know, those are some some easy swaps, some ways that HRV can help guide your training, um, not only from a, uh, from a direct intensity perspective, uh, but from, you know, even picking uh, s- select exercises within your program. Um, and, and I'm sorry if I'm getting way too detailed with someone. Not of at all, scans. this is great. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's where I, where, uh, where I go with my program and then, uh, and then jujitsu, uh, are you guys familiar with?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Okay. So, um, so, you know, in fighting professionally, um, jujitsu is something that I, um, uh, that I did a ton of, um, and something that I got, uh, I got, I got rather good at. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I bet
1: you have to uh, as a professional fighter. That's, yes.
2: That's <laughs> um, so, so I continue to do it, and man, that is one of the hardest workouts ever. Uh, it seriously is. I, uh, I, I couldn't think of anything more exhausting uh, than than doing that. Um, and for those of you who might not be familiar with jujitsu, it's essentially uh, it's like wrestling uh, with with joint locks and chokes. That's how you would that's uh, how you would compare it. Um, and I, uh, and you know, I can see very clearly in my HRV the nights that I did jujitsu before <laughs> what my <HR> age <laughs> looks like waking up the next morning where I go yeah you know what I'm probably gonna swap out some of my exercises for today or or you know what maybe today's a better day to just stretch <laughs> <laughs> um you know those uh those those types of uh those types of things but as a result you know knock on wood um I I haven't been injured uh you know I don't that's amazing I don't, yeah I don't really deal with any of that kind of stuff um I don't uh you know it obviously uh, you know, you can overwork yourself you can injure yourself very easily just pressing on through uh, just pushing forward um but um when you're following your hrv when you're following you know the actual uh messages that your body is telling you you don't uh, you don't miss these you don't miss these things and when it's saying hey dude this is your second day of being in the dumps with your hrv maybe take a break uh you should listen <laughs> so yeah, those are uh, those are uh, some some ways that I use uh, that I use HRV within my training. Um, and I'm sorry, I kind of jumped all over there, but uh, but uh, give you give you an idea there.
0: Yeah, Dave, I'd love to ask you a follow up question there. Um, you know, it's interesting the difference between our households because my household was all about winning. Um, it wasn't about the exercise. <laughs> the the exercise was. Uh, my dad was my high school basketball coach, which meant something in Indiana. So it wasn't like my parents were working out, but it was all about winning and having a six, seven son who was maybe the least athletic person on the face of the earth. Uh, uh, it was all about, I had those weird looking platform shoes. If you ever watched the Seinfeld episode where Kramer had them, I was doing yoga before we had any clue what yoga. Was in the Midwest, uh, you know, back in the uh, late '80s, uh, where there wasn't a—I don't know if there was a yoga st- uh, studio within a thousand miles of Franklin, Indiana, at the time. So, I would love to hear this kind of from your perspective because I, th- I think when I look back at how HRV would have shaped my my training to for that performance to win the to win the basketball game, always trying to peak on game day. And we really never talked about peaking on game day, you know, it just wasn't because we had no real data, you know, there was no data to say pushing yourself hard the day before the game would impact your performance on at the game. Now we, we, we talked about that a little bit, but there wasn't any way to quantify it. I kind of wonder with a very different sort of approach to your, you know, how you got into kind of high level competition let's throw it back into your teens into your 20s you know how do you think hrv if you would have had that data back then sort of how how your training your approach might have been different
2: yeah absolutely so um so what we would do back then um for you know what we would call a, a fight camp which was uh six to eight weeks typically um and that was, you know, you were, you were training, uh, six days a week, uh, typically three, four times a day. Um, and, and, you know, and actually I always added in my own extra workouts, uh, cause, cause I couldn't. <laughs> not. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> you, you loved know. it. So <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you'd start, you start on Monday and, uh, and I always had my base weightlifting routine that I would, that was my separate workout that I would do uh, pretty much every day, uh, regardless of what was coming. Um, and we go in for, you know, we go in for morning practice, we do morning practice. Um, then we, then we go home and I, uh, you know, and I would do a little bit of work and I would nap and then I would go back to the gym. We would do conditioning. Then we would do our night practice. Um, you know, and depending on, uh, on what was all happening, we would either, uh, we were, we were forced to do, uh, Bikram yoga, uh, <laughs> as well. Yeah. um, which, um, is, oh my gosh, such an amazing workout. Um, huge fan of that, uh, still to this day. Um, but you know, you're, you're pushing yourself to no end and like to, to think about that, you know, you are, you're literally exercising you know, six hours a day or more. Um, and, and then, you know, you're just expecting your body to hold up through this. And granted, you're young, right? This is—I uh, I think I—I I turned pro when I was 20, um so I, I, a young guy. Uh, you know, so so my body could definitely handle a bit more if I tried to exercise for six hours a day right now. I don't know, I, I don't know how <laughs> I respond. <to> <laughs> um, my injury, especially
1: that and- kind of exercise, right? Yeah. Maybe a, maybe right. a hike or something, but uh, yeah, it's a whole different yeah. deal.
2: It, it is. It is. Um, but so you're, you're doing this and then all along you're cutting weight as well. Uh, cause for, for fighting, um, you know, you want to, you want to try to get into your, uh, a lower weight class where possible. Um, so, so for the most part, I would be around 200, 205 pounds going into a fight camp and I would fight at 185, which, um. Which wasn't that bad of a cut in terms of what uh, what a lot of other athletes um, you know who are within wrestling and uh, and, and uh, you know mixed martial arts that kind of stuff would would do because uh, typically by uh, by the time we got down to those last two weeks I was typically around 195 pounds um, and to cut 10 pounds in two days is <laughs> granted I'm saying this with a grain of salt is no big deal. Um, but I,
1: <laughs> Matt's going to want to throw some disclaimers on that pretty soon here for all our listeners in terms of the health aspect of cutting weight like that. But we understand the reality of of fighting is wrestling is much different than uh, everyday people, right?
2: Yes, that was a that was extremely unhealthy and a, a very much not sustainable. Um, so, uh, so not not a not a thing that you'd want to do outside of a you know a competition like that. Um, but, but to be able to see how my body was doing throughout that, like, I, I can't tell you how many athletes I sat next to who would go through an entire training camp. And at the end, y- you would see them get injured and not be able to fight. Like they, they went this whole way and then they got injured in the, you know, in that last, in that last bit and they couldn't fight. Actually, it happened to me once uh, as well. So I tried to, um, I tried to fight at 170, um, twice uh and uh and the first time I tried to do that um it uh it went horribly um I tried to cut uh you know over 20 pounds in uh, in like three days <laughs> uh and and I can remember I was so thirsty I was like if I can I was like if I go out for a run right now I can drink some water like that was the thought in my head because uh, weigh-ins were the next day and, um, and I can remember being like, okay, I'm going to just go for a short run. Then I can drink some water and then I'll be okay. And it was, you know, out, outside of Chicago here. So snowing and icy out and, uh, and I literally was so delusional and so out of it that, uh, I, I slipped and smashed my face into the sidewalk and I wound up with stitches over my eyebrow and I got disqualified from the <laughs> oh,
1: no, all that work.
2: Yeah, um, it, and and it's just you know, frankly, stupidity. Um, but you see that happening all the time in uh, in that in that type of stuff. Uh, and the next time that I fought at one seventy as well was uh, it was just horrible uh, trying to go through that. Um, but if I had a better metric, if other guys that I uh, you know that I fought alongside of um, had that metric of looking at HRV and going and going. Oh man, we're winding down here and look how low your HRV is dropping. What do you think that is going to wind up looking like for when you when you actually step into the ring? Um, you know, uh what is what is this going to do to you? Um if I had seen that, you know, my HRV was was going from, you know, wherever it was and dropping down to like 0, right? Uh, <laughs> as my body is starved for nutrition, starved for starved for water, all of that. Um and you know, I could tell you that I felt much better, um, but feeling isn't uh, isn't enough to push you to do something different. Uh, but when you have that objective number staring you in the face, saying "Dude, you're overtraining," or "Dude, you're cutting too much weight," or you know you you need to change what you are doing here before you get injured, it is you know it's that red light blinking in your face. Um, so that's uh that that would have been so powerful to have that to say that oh, look at how my HRV is trending each week. On Monday, I'm looking really good after a full day of rest on Sunday. And then as the week goes on, you can just watch my HRV drop, 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 drop. And is it a wonder why all these guys are getting injured on friday on saturday you know um and and no i you know obviously <laughs> we can see the data right there um you're most likely to get injured when your reaction time is low and you have those uh going on um
1: yeah dave thanks that's uh, i mean that's great background and i mean i think to your point um you know, it's so powerful to be able to predict things like injury. I mean, you know, Matt, you talked about performance and, and being able to predict when do you peak for specific periods of time as an athlete, that's incredibly important, but also how do you avoid injury? How do you avoid burnout? How do you avoid those kinds of things? Um, Cause it's all interrelated. So you know, that's, uh, that's a that's great background and interesting, Dave. So, you know, I guess for me, I'm not being a professional athlete, someone who's always enjoyed exercise, always played sports, um, two small kids, as probably everybody knows. Um, What, I mean, how are you guys using it in in your day-to-day life now, right? So everybody's striving, you know, we're still relatively new in the new year, resolutions hopefully for most are holding firm. Um, People always want to get more exercise, I shouldn't say always, but many people often want to get more exercise. Um, They don't want to get hurt, especially if, you know, you're trying to lose weight and do those kinds of things. You're training for something that maybe isn't normal. You want to run your first marathon or first half marathon, your first 10K, whatever it is, you want to get hurt, you want to train right you know, how do we bring this into the everyday person's life where we're not working out six hours a day, we're, we're lucky, we're doing our best to get an hour in. Um, but we don't want to get hurt. And we do want to perform when we do our first 10k or 5k or marathon or whatever it is, you know, all those things still are valid. So we'd love to get, you know, your perspective on that uh, as well, because I think it's important for a lot of the folks that are listening that, you know, are in the 99.9% that aren't professional athletes, right? So Matt, I don't know, maybe you want to jump in. I know yeah, sure. that, that you've, uh, you've spent a lot of time researching and certainly put into practice in your own life.
0: Yeah, so so I think what I'm seeing, and, and Dave, I'd love to get your, your uh, eyes and, and what you've been seeing as well, is, is the shift away from intensity, intensity, intensity. And I think heart rate variability in the professional, collegiate, uh, or really hardcore weekend warriors who are sometimes just as dedicated as anybody else to this, really has put that focus on recovery um, in a major way. I, the interesting thing that I see is somebody who tries to keep a general eye on nutrition, on, on exercise, on sleep, which means a lot of times I'm reading books. And I've learned over the years that it takes a couple years for what's going on in journal articles, research labs, to get published in a book. So so there's a little bit of a delay there. So I'm always interested in things that come through like my news feeds of articles now starting to make it into books. And one of the things I think I'm seeing, Dave, is this idea of pushing yourself isn't maybe necessarily what we're created to do. Like running a marathon was never really evolutionarily outside something that happened in Greece uh during the wars yeah. over there of, wasn't really a necessity ad- yeah it wasn't adaptive we we always love to glorify the hunter-gatherers which in some ways is where a lot of our brain development and neurobiology and physiological happened and there, there was this theory I think probably about 10 years ago with the born to run movement where these hunter-gatherers were always running and they asked the hunter gatherers that still exist in our world are are you how many miles are you running a day? and they just kind of looked at them like they always look at us like we're crazy because you know their whole family their whole clan their whole tribe is moving and so you can't expect grandma to run 30 miles a day but but being active and so one of the things that i've been really interested in because my performance is nowadays are more professional, like like I wanna bring my best self, whether it's today where I'm doing some work, I'm prepping for a training, or whether it's Friday when I'm gonna be in Texas in front of a large group uh, doing a presentation. For, for me, it's kind of like, how do I live the best, healthiest, longest, happiest life? And, and what I think I'm seeing in the research, Dave, and what I've started to incorporate into my own life, because I see it keeps my heart rate variability at a really high level is is walking um is walking like you know and and dave i know you and i've talked about this a lot as well it's movement as much as exercise And and i think that is where i'm seeing in the research it's not necessarily like you're healthier if you can run a marathon in fact you sort of see some things that say Maybe with injury and other stress, stresses and strain on your body, that might not be the healthiest choice, whereas walking maybe four or five miles, uh, great for their stress response because we work that cortisol off, very low, low level for injury and it just might be the healthiest thing you can do for your psychology, biology, and overall health. So Dave, this is kind of what I'm seeing to the confidence level where I can say it out loud because I think there's enough trends there. But I'd love to see uh, what what you're kind of seeing um, in your research as, as well.
2: So without a doubt, uh, the only thing that I would add to that is uh, walking in, in nature. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, versus uh, versus on a city street or something, if it is available to you to walk, um, you know, in a in, uh, in nature somewhere, or at least where where that is quite visible, the trees, the skyline, all of that kind of stuff, which is uh, very stimulating to your parasympathetics, right? Uh, which is uh, when we uh, when we talk about HRV, that is what is going to um, raise that on up. Um, and yes, the move away from it always has to be intense. It always has to be pedal to the metal, um, it, and the focus on recovery uh, is is getting better. Uh, you know, is getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, and I think uh, and I think some of that too is that you know we're we're so ingrained in the HRV world that that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's what we see a ton of too. Um, but uh, but without a doubt, that long slow uh, cardiovascular base kind of work, like walking, um, like, you know, and like you said, Matt, uh, it's not specifically walking, but it's moving. It's doing yeah. some sort of, of low intensity movement that is so great for your, for your entire body. And like, and like you said, especially in a world like we live in today, um, when it comes to the, the mental health aspect of it, um, you know, that's almost, uh, uh, you know, in, in a lot of regards, uh, outweighs the physical, um, yeah, sure. health benefits that you see, um, you know, just getting out, going for a walk, um, you know, being, being away from your electronics, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that is, a that is an amazing thing that, uh, that you can do for yourself. Um, but the always on the always high intensity, um, yeah, that, that has, uh, that has been showing that, you know, that leads to injury, um, you know, it's, it's not sustainable. That's not what we were made to do. Uh, recovery needs to be the primary, you know, and you guys were talking about the hunter gatherers. Um, and even within the, um, you know, within that, it wasn't like they were running, uh, you know, they definitely weren't running a marathon. They definitely weren't, uh, sprinting nonstop all day. Right. That was, uh, that was short burst. And, uh, and once they got what they needed, they they mostly just hung out, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it wasn't Stayed safe. That's uh, safe. Uh, right. It was, it was not uh, a constant go, go, go. Um, because,
0: because you can't afford those calories. Uh, I mean, if right. you burn twice the amount of calories as the gazelle or deer or whatever you're chasing. I mean, that's kind of why they laughed at the Western scientists. I think it's like, well, we'd have to hunt twice and gather twice as much if we, we did that. So yeah, I, I think our Western mind, when we put it on there, we we like to glorify that, but they just think we're ridiculous, uh, which which I love too. <laughs> yes. uh,
2: well, and and to that point, you know, we have food so abundantly available. Um yeah. you know, uh, we we have those resources so so abundant for for most of us to where uh, you know the, the 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 need for for calories to be uh, to be taken in is a uh, you know. It's yeah. low uh, for most of us. It. That's easily achievable with very few calories burned. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Dave, I'd like, to, I'd like to throw out another kind of question I have. And I, I haven't necessarily seen the answer out there, but I'd love to get your, your thoughts on it, even if, if neither of us maybe have the science to back it up. Is I you know one of the questions I had I, I this kind of got brought up with my own HRV score is I, I I was able to get a black bump day in on the slopes uh, on my snowboard recently which is not as glorious as it seems it's an old tall dude trying to get down moguls that's that's what it is and I learned I've learned to enjoy it you know it's you, it's you
1: normally. You normally see maybe one snowboarder going down a bump run, and they're never yep. six seven. So it's yep. it's a sight to behold. If you, uh, if but, you but like we we can hit
0: our chest and say we do black <laughs> bumps at the end, which is all, what exactly. I wanted to do as a new snowboarder. You know, and and you know the interesting thing, and this is what I love to get your thoughts on is I woke up then the next day when I had to work in the red. You know, and I I think one of the things that I don't hear people talk nearly enough because HRV arena it seems like there's the folks in the elite athlete world. And that's where most of, I, I think at least the public face of HRV has, has been historically. Research-based, there's other things about mental health and all those. But I don't, I don't hear really anybody talking about it. I, I do black bumps, I kill my old butt on the slopes, and then I wake up in red the next day. Now Now, I know a good workout where I don't get hurt is, is not something that's bad for me, but I also know that that red day, I'm not gonna be as productive at work as well. And I just kind of wonder, you know, these two things, I, I haven't seen them brought together in the research out there or, or any of the other apps, other podcasts kind of talk about this. So, so I kind of wonder your ideas, obviously physical activity is a form of stress, it can get our HRV into red, which means our body's trying to recover. And, and I'm assuming, with just putting the science that I know together, that that is going to lower my work performance the next day. I'm not going to be quite my best self. And I'd, I'd love to get your your thoughts on that.
2: Well, well, absolutely. Um, you know, I, and that's I, Dr. Bruce Lipton, if you guys are familiar with uh, with uh, with him. Um, you know, uh, like he uh, has said, you have the the three T's that will bring you into uh, into stress, uh, right? Or your, your body into that sympathetic fight or flight mode. Uh, you have uh, toxins, thoughts, and and trauma, which uh, which in your case, Matt, you're you're yeah. using trauma, <laughs> 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 uh, it, which you know any form of movement would uh, would technically fall under. Um, <clears throat> But, but when you have a large amount of any of those, uh, yeah, you're going to push yourself into what would be a, uh, a, you know, red category or a low HRV day. Um, and, and without a doubt, uh, you know, when you talk about the, the autonomic nervous system, uh, when, when it is not functioning well, you are not functioning well. And HRV, of course, being a measure of autonomic function, um, we can, we can, correlate that very, very easily to say, okay, if you're, if your HRV is low, we know that, you know, mentally, uh, you're not going to be functioning well, right? I, you know, is it, is it because your brain is inflamed? Is it, you know, X, Y, or Z? Um, well, we know for sure that your frontal cortex, your frontal cortex is not going to be functioning optimally. Um, and, uh, and yeah, are you going to do as well in, in business meetings? Are you going to do as well on, on a math test? Are you going to do as well on, on anything? No, uh, you know, even just driving your car and planning out your day is going to be tough. Um on a day like that. Uh same with emotions. Uh, you know, you'll be uh you'll be very dysregulated emotionally as a as a result too. So yeah, uh, you know, I I, I would love to see you uh standing on a snowboard at six seven, going down moguls too. Um <laughs> you just just
0: pull up it's a, a, a chair. It takes a little while, but but I get down eventually. <laughs> it
2: does.
1: It would, it would be uh, cool. He's not to like to doing himself credit. He does very well. <laughs>
0: I do black bumps. Uh, so yeah, exactly. that, that's what I can say. I do black bumps.
2: <laughs> you're, you're doing it. Um, but like you said, you wake up in the, uh, you know, you wake up in the red and that would be anybody who stressed themselves with something abnormal. Um, yeah. right. Um, if I, uh, you know, like back to when I was talking about, uh, you know, exercising like crazy, uh, you know, as a, as an athlete, um, if you're an athlete, that's just what you do every day. Uh, like, like my mom is, is in her mid sixties and she runs, she does more marathons a year than uh, most people will do in a lifetime. And, uh, and for her running 10 miles is no big deal because that's just what her body does. Right. Um, that's not that trauma for, me, for
1: her, right? She's, <laughs> right, it is. Yeah. She's, she's um, built herself up to where That's just normal. Yeah. Uh,
2: right. <laughs> And uh, but for me or you or you know most people listening, if we went out and ran ten miles, our body, our brains, uh, you know everything about us is going to be functioning horribly uh, for for two or three days uh, <laughs> to to recover from that. Um, so you know that's a, that's also another another big factor that comes in is what, what what do you do every day? If if Matt did Black Diamond. Um, you know, uh, moguls every day, uh, It might not be affecting him as, 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 much, but, um, but that's another big factor that you, you also have to look at is that, um, uh, is that how novel is this, uh, how novel is this to your body? Um, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You know, that's I think that
1: it's a really interesting point for sort of the, the common person, the lay person, so to speak, as you, you know, say you set yourself a goal to run a marathon for the first time or a half marathon or a 10K or 5K, or whatever that is, right? That you're, you're training up for, For you're going to do it in June. Um, so you've set to your point, Dr. Dave, you set your, your training goal. What are you going to do each weekend? All that kind of stuff. But Matt, if you're not tracking your HRV and you've got a really important meeting on Monday morning and you're following that training regimen and you've got your long run scheduled for Sunday, mm-hmm. but you show up for your Monday morning meeting groggy and sore and tired and you know your hrv is 30 percent lower than your baseline and you did do yourself a service right you probably should have trained you should have trained smarter it's i think everybody would agree their professional performance is more important than trying to run that first 10k um, yeah. so you know for the folks listening that's how you can leverage this technology in the day-to-day you're not training for Uh, professional fights or whatever you don't necessarily need to be going down double diamonds on your snowboard trying to pass people on the bumps like matt does
0: oh i I don't pass anybody (laughs) yeah let's be very clear there is no speed going down my my snowboard is larger than most people so uh that's true it it is a very strategic uh uh, down the moguls uh yeah don't think there's any speed involved in this thing (laughs)
1: <laughs> but, you know, we can all utilize this information in ways that we probably didn't think of to make sure that we're doing the doing what we want to physically, but also showing up and performing in whatever it is we want to show up and perform Monday through Friday. And, yeah. and I think that's a big takeaway that probably a lot of people aren't really thinking about.
0: And I've worked on this analogy that I'd love to get, especially Jeff, you raising two small kids. Dave, I know you got kids at home. Dr. Uh, but I know Dave's going to find time to exercise. I don't, <laughs> I don't worry. If he's got to wake up at 2.30 a.m., I bet Dave works up at 2.30 a.m. Because I know that's not that far off. But, but I, this analogy that I've been working on for several years right now, it's almost when you think about a, a grape that chews for a fine wine. Like, if you look at areas of, you know, the country or the world that grow good, uh, that have great wine, they have a climate that has a lot of heat and a lot of cold. There's that fluctuation of the environment. So, you know, what I think is interesting, if you start to, and this has been like an intellectual challenge for me, if you stop putting health into buckets, So mental health goes over here. Physical health goes over here. Social health, spiritual health, medical health. And because HRV measures all those. So kind of like let's if you put those is like kind of what we want to do is what's your goal? So if your goal in life is to run a marathon, obviously, you're going to look at your HRV different. If your goal in life is to be the best parent you want to be, you want to have some energy at the end of your day. To be that best parent, um, you know, if if I want to give the the best presentation I possibly can on Friday in Fort Worth, I'm gonna I'm gonna schedule my week in a way where hopefully I'm I'm like you said, Dave, peaking there. But like we want to be that that grape for good wine, we don't want to become a raisin. And, and I think that that's the the message we've gotten historically with exercise is push yourself, push yourself, push yourself. But I've been really thinking about, yeah, child, what is your goal? What, What is most important in your life? And like everything else, exercise needs to fit into that. So, yeah, I want to be a great husband. I want to be great at what I do professionally. Those are my key things. I want to live a long, healthy life. And so I'm trying to say maybe a vigorous exercise once a week, maybe twice a week where I'm working up a sweat is probably all I need. Um, and then I, I better move the rest of the time. So I need to go out and get some walking in because it's going to snow here in Denver. So that's the time. So I, I've been like, what is your goal? And then what are maybe your objectives and other sub goals around that? And then thinking about movement versus hardcore exercise to get there. So you still want to stress your body a little bit, which a five mile hike will do, but um, but you don't want to burn yourself out because that raise, you don't want to be a raisin at work. You don't want to be a raisin as a parent. Uh, you, you want to be that really robust grape. And I, that's all I know about wine. So I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, well agreed. To, to, your, to your point, Matt, that's, uh, you know, exactly, exactly it. And that's where, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, we've had discussions about, uh, you know, your coefficient of variation, uh, with yeah. your HLV, like how much it swings up and down. And, and that, and that's extremely great for you. That's, uh, that's what you want to see is that you are stressing yourself and you're allowing your recovery. And, and then you can start to, you know, uh, and, and then you can start to as well, uh, adding that in and looking at your trends uh, throughout the week. Yeah. You can, you can peak perfectly. Uh, and that's, that's the, that's the power of it. But I like that, um, you know, bringing it back to what's your goal in life. Uh, that's that, that's where it's always uh, where it's always at. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Jeff. So I know we've been talking I a lot. I, I, we got a couple minutes left. I want to kind of end on, uh, on asking you a question because I, I've known you long enough where I've seen different stages in Jeff's life. And uh, while, while Jeff may not have played collegiate or pro, uh, Jeff can kick your butt at almost any skilled sport uh, out there. Uh, and I have proof in my own experience that he can kick my butt in most most anything, maybe with the exception of basketball. And I think yeah. that's even a question nowadays as well. So, With Jim, the exception I watched, of basketball, I, I've watched you like change your life dramatically over the last couple of years. Where I know, I know, probably exercise has maybe worked its way a little bit down the priority list, just because you have two young kids, new family at home. You know, you've got these now, you know, big jobs that you're taking on. So I kind of like to end as your life has. I've watched it change dramatically. HRV has uh, come into it as well. I love to like kind of end up um, uh, to, to see what insights you might have both on this conversation and just in your own life.
1: Yeah. Um, great question. I mean, it's, so I think for better or for worse, I use HRV less than you guys in terms of like planning, actually what's going to happen in my day and more just to set an expectation for myself. Mm -hmm. So to your point, Matt, I I used to be very active, um, you know, do multiple, I've done marathon, typically would do multiple half marathons, you know, finished in the top five to 10% of the, the people that would, you know, take place in them. Obviously not professional, but, you know, I was, before kids, that was a very important part of my life. And I made a lot of time for that. The last four years since kids, It's whenever I can, however I can. So, you know, I bought a treadmill for the roof. I've got a walking treadmill desk. So I take calls working while I'm walking and I crank it up to 10 and I get a little bit of a sweat. And, you know, that's more of my workout now than it ever was before. But it's still important. Um, But instead of waking up saying, oh, here's my number, I'm going to change my plan for the day. It's more like, okay, to your point, Dave, I know I'm going to be a little bit more edgy or I know I need to be a little bit more patient than I feel with the kids or, you know, just mentally preparing myself for the, you know, for, for the expectation of what what what's real for me that day. And so, you know, if I did have time for a, a longer run that day and I wake up and I'm way, well below my average, then I probably won't do that. I'll do something different. Uh, but it, it's, it's it less less organizes my activities and more sets an expectation on, on what what's real for me in that, in that day with, with two kids under four and, you know, under five, I should say, and everything else. It's, it's really helpful.
0: Yeah. I, I watch you parrot, man. And woo, uh, you're amazing at it, but yeah. I get exhausted <laughs> just watching you. So. Uh, <laughs> well, luckily
1: uh, for me, I'm, I'm different than you guys. You, so, you know, hearing your swings and HRV for both of you is incredible. Where mine lives, you know, within like a 10 or 15 point world. My my lows don't get low and my highs don't get that nearly as high. So I don't know if that's better, or worse. I mean, there's probably not, it's neither nor. Um, but I think it, it, it sort of helps me stay consistent with them from an energy standpoint, from a mood standpoint, from an emotional standpoint. Um, hopefully, anyway, that's, that's how <laughs> I justify it. So anyway, this has been a longer than expected podcast. Uh, It's always a pleasure, Dr. Dave. Thank you so much. Your your experiences, I think, are very beneficial for everyone as a professional athlete, as a father, as somebody who's so interested in movement and exercise and sharing how HRV kind of helps you on a day-to-day. Matt, same thing um, as always. Until next time, we appreciate everybody's interest and listening to us. Uh, Have fun chatting with each other for the last 40 minutes.
0: Take care, everybody.
1: Thanks, everybody. See you later.